ready. I'm oh, okay. The world knows we're comfortable now. Or at least me. Welcome to No Instructions. <laughs> I am not Bob. I was, <laughs> I was starting to breathe in like a, a prehale. Is that a thing? What word? You know, you like to say? inhale before you say something. To, oh. And then it was, I just didn't want to like blow it out and be like. <laughs> I thought that's I'm Bob. A, I'm Josh. <laughs> I thought those were bad people when, Pre- when they died. Prehale. <laughs> before uh, actual hail. <laughs> <laughs> Go to pre-hail for it's, processing. It's, it's the real tiny stuff that falls before the big hail falls. What's up? Hey, man. Um, we haven't re- we didn't record last week. No, so we recorded yesterday. Yes, for everybody in the world. What? Yeah, this will come out tomorrow. This. So when they hear out. it, oh yeah, that's if right. they hear it as timely as we hope they hear it, we recorded yesterday. So we didn't actually miss a week. No. Huh. If we do this right. That's so weird. Time travel, man. <laughs> anyway, what'd you do this weekend? Or last week? Last week. Yeah, that's weird. We have to recap the week. Yeah, that that's kind of weird. My dad came to town. How was that? That was really fun. First time he's been up here, right? Yes. Cool. My dad's not known to travel. So. Ever? Uh, yeah, he doesn't like to travel. Hmm. So I think out of all of the houses that we've owned or lived in, five or six. He's been to two of them. So, and this was one of those two. Oh, I uh, misunderstood that completely, but I got it now. Yeah. We've lived a lot of places. He hasn't visited them just because he doesn't like to travel. He decided to come travel, and then he hung out. Uh, for, this was last weekend. Mm-hmm. So he's from Florida. Uh, my mom passed away, as people know, so it was just my dad. So my dad came and hung out with us. It was a super fun time. We Kentuckied it up. It was great. Oh, man. Did you break something? Yeah, he's... Kind of flimsy. Anyway, go ahead. You broke your tree? Yeah. Mm. What did we do? Man, it was so long ago now. We got a babysitter one day, and so uh, he and Tiff and I went out and had, like, a grown-up time. It was really great. Um, it was fun for me because, like, being up here where you grew up and your family is everywhere, like, hearing your dad talk about, you know, the your family history and, you know, why that field over there is important or, you know, you're living in your grandfather's house. And, like, you have a lot of a lot of history here. Yeah. And my history is somewhere else. And because, you know, my dad was in the Air Force, my family was always elsewhere. And so my brother is in the Navy and I was in the Army. So we've always been kind of separated as a family. We're scattered around. Mm-hmm. And when I grew up, my dad was in the Air Force and he was a fireman. So he was either deployed or he worked 24 hours on and 24 hours off. Mm. So, like, my mom was around all the time. My dad was less. So it was really neat to, like, have a conversation with him about, I don't know, like, him and where he grew up. Like, listening to your dad talk. Uh, I was on Google Earth or something, and he was like, oh, look up this one place. And it was, like, his childhood home. Oh. That... I've driven past whenever we used to go to West Virginia, where he's from, to go see my grandparents. This one house was always like a a milestone. It was like, oh, you turn right at this one house, and then they live a couple streets down. So I know where this house is for that reason. He's like, oh, yeah, I lived in that house. Like, that was the house I grew up in. He's like, the house that your grandparents live in now. He's like, I don't know, I might have been a teenager. Huh. I was like, the house that we turn at. He's like, oh, yeah, that one. 
I'm like, I never knew that. I never knew that. And then he, we found this old farm that they used to live at. And um, I, I got to like have like a good sit down, a couple conversations with my dad about like his decision-making process, like why he joined the Air Force, like when my older brother was born and like how did he get to where he was so that I could get to where I am. Hmm. And I've never really had that conversation with him. And it was pretty nice. We went out to one of the distilleries. We went out to the Maker's Mark distillery, which is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Good grief. And so we were in the car for like an hour. And so, again, it was just an opportunity for us to catch up and to talk about a lot of stuff. And it was really nice. Good. I mean, my dad's a great guy. I miss my dad, you know, because we don't live in Florida anymore, obviously. So it was good just to have that time, he and I. And then the kids are super happy that he's around. They, they love my dad. He's a big goof. Yeah, it was a, a really great time. That's awesome. Yeah. Is he planning on coming back? I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I mean he no had one a good offended time him or anything. Yeah. <laughs> he met your parents, which is nice. I, I hung out with your mom this morning at the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, that's what people do. Yeah. Hang out with my mom at the coffee shop. And one of your boys, or yo, the two of your boys had a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And so we all went to the birthday party. And like me, my dad is not great in big crowds. And so it was kind of funny, like, as uncomfortable as I was in, like, this little room full of tons of kids running and screaming and popping balloons at random. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this room. I don't want to be in this room anymore. I look over, and my dad is, like, pacing back and forth. <laughs> I'm like, there's someone who can immediately relate to how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I felt that way, too. Okay. <laughs> they were my kids, so. Yeah. I'm with you. But it was cool that he was there, though. It was funny because um, they were, like, at this bowling alley, they were, like, little ride-on toys. The little ones, like, you put in a, yeah. a quarter in outside the, like, grocery store. And, and your stuff. dad was just over there stuffing quarters in for these kids to ride. It was pretty cool. Like, kids he didn't know and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. That's my dad. My dad is the nicest guy, like, the most self-deprecating nice guy in the whole wide world. He's like, oh, you're you're cold? He's like, well, here's all of my clothes. Hmm. Or like, oh, if you're hungry, you're, you're you guys hungry? You're hungry right now? That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll buy your food for the next month. <laughs> like he is so nice. I don't want to say to a fault because I think it's an admirable quality. But like my dad is the least selfish, most altruistic person that I know. Hmm. And your mom was asking me certain questions. Um, I forgot what it was. And I'm like. Oh, well, that's not me because I'm super selfish. <laughs> like, that's not a quality. There are certain qualities I got from my father. You know, you take care of your people, you handle your business, you work hard, you do things, you know, right the first time. A lot of really great traits. It's like, but there's certain things that I didn't get from him. I'm like in his, like, I would like to think that I can do things for other people. And I I, I love everybody as a human being just because they're, they're human beings and I'll help people when they're in need. But my dad will go out of his way to help people. Hmm. That's what he's always done. That's cool. And it's a great quality, and I love that about him. But there's just he, it's that point where I'm like, hey, Dad, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'll just do what everybody else wants. Oh, right. Or like, hey, that thing would be cool if you had that. He's like, well, I don't need that. I'm like, but it would make you happy just to hang. He's like, yeah, but it's unnecessary. Hmm. I won't do that because someone else might need help. And if I spend the money on this thing that I know would make me happy, then I can't possibly – uh, be free to give that money to other people. That's pretty admirable. I mean, I could see it, you know, working against you. But at the same time, depending on, uh, that's a big indicator of where you 
put importance, mm -hmm. you know, to want to always have stuff available to help other people just in case. It means a lot. Jenny's the same way. Yeah. <coughs> well, when we lived in Europe, um, so my dad is a retired, uh, he's retired Air Force. So the, the military has a program called Space Available Travel. So if there's these massive like military cargo planes that fly all over the world every single day, and if you are in the military or if you're a retiree, you can just get on one of the planes hmm. and just go wherever they're going. And there's people that are retired that make their their twilight years or their retirement age just like getting on a plane and going to exotic locations because it's free. Hmm. And so when we lived in Belgium, I'm like, hey, dad, you should come on over and like hang out. You can we will show you around Europe. It's great. Like and it's free. Like that's that's unbelievably crazy. You can just fly over here for free. And my sister uh, my little sister is seven years younger than me. She was in college at the time. He's like, oh, no, I can't go. He's like, your sister might need something. Hmm. And so it was it was like, no, but you could just, like, have a vacation. Like, treat yourself, man. And he's like, no, nope, I'm good. Hmm. And so that may be part of his I don't like to travel is it, it prevents him from being there in case anybody that he knows might need literally anything. Right. So is I it, was really surprised. Yeah. When he wanted to come up here. Well, Happily. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far. I'm sure he probably has fewer people that rely on him now than he did. Or he has throughout his life. You know, maybe it's that's something that's not as like a worry, as much of a worry for him. Maybe. I don't know. That's cool, though. Yeah. Glad he came. I have missing pieces. I mean, not missing pieces. I have extra pieces. A significant amount. Oh, you messed up somewhere. Yeah. And I realized that I was skipping around somehow through this whole segment, this whole bag. Like I don't, I, I don't think Lego encourages that behavior. I had totally missed things and had to go back and figure out where the pieces went. I'm pretty sure I messed something up. Mm -hmm. And this is like understructure stuff. So Understructure. Uh, <laughs> I may have caused it. Oh, no. And now trying to take it apart. Everything's falling. <laughs> All the bark's falling off oh, your tree. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Um, well, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad he got to come. Glad you guys had a good time. Yeah. And it was, uh, I don't know how it is for you and your dad, because your dad has just known, um, actually your family, your family are entrepreneurs. Your family are self-starters and go-getters. You have an idea and you fervently pursue that idea. Uh, the price men are more cautious and think about all of the ways that that's terrible and just tend to like stick in their job and stay there forever until they die. Uh, and it took my wife to kind of push us out into the RV world and to step out into that thing we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I imagine the conversation for you and your dad about like, what does your son do for a living? I'm like, Oh, he makes silly internet videos. It's probably not as strange or a leap in believability as it was for my dad. Mm. Yeah. And so it was kind of nice that, I mean, my dad is a fan of the channel. Mm. He really likes all the stuff that we do. That's I mean, awesome. not just because he's proud of his son, which I'm sure he is, but he just happens to like what we do. And we came in here and looked around, and it was kind of neat that I was like, oh, well, here's this thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and he's like, where's the treehouse? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know about the treehouse because you just, I mean, you know. And he seems to be a fan of what it is that we're doing, and that was just, that was kind of neat. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I'm sure, I, I know for a fact, like, there are circles in my extended family that have no idea what it is that I do. And if I explain it to them, they would think it's fake. <laughs> like Tiff's dad still sends me. We like talked it's a about cover this for something. Yeah, Tiff's dad still sends me um, job requisitions for uh, space companies down in Titusville, <laughs> and he sends me uh, like 
financial newsletters and things to make sure that like we're okay. Mm. And I guess that's that's a very like fatherly thing I suppose to do. But still in the back of my mind, there's the part of me that because he worked at the same place that I worked at in Lockheed whenever I left. Mm. And so part of me thinks, whether it's true or not, that he still thinks that this is fake and made up and always wants to give me like a fallback kind of pillow for the the job that I hated. Yeah. Just in case. Which, well, I mean, again, yeah. I appreciate, but I don't want a part of that. Right. And I think my dad understands that I don't want a part of that. And he appreciates, I guess, the bravery that he was never able to have. Hmm. You know, being able to step out and do something on your own and then seeing the value of doing that. Not just like the whole world's going to burn and everything's going to be a failure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people that don't necessarily like understand it or whatever don't necessarily think it's going to fail. But if you're, if you don't have experience with anything and you see it, you see the risk in it more than, well, maybe you think you see more of the risk than someone who's actually doing it. I guarantee you, I see every bit of risk in this more than everybody else from the outside does. But, you know, um, if somebody told you that they were like a, I don't know, some random something that was new all of a sudden that we had never heard of, we'd be like, well, that sounds pretty sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd have the same that's, reaction that's just from a different perspective. So, Do you think that you've, I would say in that same light, have you met anybody that you have felt that way about? That like when someone tells you what they do or an idea that they have or that seems so outlandish that you're like, well, I don't know about that and – because mm. I, I, I asked that. I don't know about a specific instance, but I think about that for our kids. That, mm. you know, we haven't been invited to any job fairs. But yeah. I imagine what that conversation, like my dad had with me, what that conversation is going to look like between us and our kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've had that that feeling about specific jobs, but there are certain people that I know that they could say, I'm going to become like the most plain, safe, whatever job, and I'd still not really buy it. But that's because of their personality, not because of the job. Like they wouldn't succeed in it? or Yeah, because I think the people that I know that who go, you know, I've got this crazy idea. I think this is going to work. I'm really going to pour myself into it. Those people that I personally know that I hear that type of thing from, because I mean, I know a lot of people in the tech industry from when I was doing that stuff. There were a lot of people that did startups and everything. And those people, I kind of trust and buy that they could pull it off, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter. But then there's certain people I know that no matter what they try, they're going to be excited in the beginning, Mm. and then they're not going to want to put in their work, and they're going to expect a big return for very little work, and it's not going to work out, and then they're going to look for the next thing. And so they could say, I'm going to be a janitor at a prison, which seems like it'd probably be a pretty safe bet. Like, you're going to have that job as long as you want it. And they still wouldn't make it work. Hmm. And that's just those people. Yeah. So I don't know if there's many things that I would say, like, that's crazy as a job perspective. But that's coming from somebody who's never been afraid to try something, really, job-wise, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that's a fair... Thing. We have always been afraid to trust <laughs> my my people. Are the, we're the play it safers. We're the you know when you do your composite risk management for the the next step in life, uh, all the risk seems weighted, mm. maybe unnecessarily, just because out of fear or out of self doubt or out of whatever. And 
it was fun having, you know, that kind of conversation with my dad too, uh, specifically about, you know, when he was in the Air Force. Like, well, what made you join the Air Force? He's like, well, I was in a bunch of just little odd jobs that he hated. I mean, he worked for an insulation company where he blew insulation in attics. He worked at a stained glass company where he wasn't allowed to, like, he didn't actually do the stained glass. He just had to, like, paint the back and clean up solder. And he was like, it was just, it was odd jobs that didn't really demand any skill. He's hmm. like, that anybody could have done. And they treated me that way. Hmm. He says, and I was just kind of tired of it. So they had a an air guard station, like National Guard for the the Air Force. Yeah. And he was a fireman. He And they just kind of transferred. And then, like he said, the Air Force, not the Air Force, but the firefighting job, like they were laying people off. He's like, so I had just gotten married to my mom. They lived in a trailer in West Virginia. He got fired from his job, so he went to the Air Force, and some guy was like, oh, you can just, like, be active duty in the Air Force now if you want to. He was hmm. like, okay. He didn't know anybody that had ever done that before. He took the ASVAB, the, like, aptitude test for the military, like, with a bunch of friends on a dare. <laughs> and he did it really well. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, like, all these weird – and I talk about, you know, the decision-making, like, how he got to where he was so that I could get to where I am. It was not these, like, monumentous steps, but these just, like, little – tiny breaks and little tiny turns and little tiny opportunities that just kind of wiggle you to where you are. And I find that fascinating. But that's what most people actually, very few people have like a, a lifetime movie moment where they're like, this is the thing that changed my life. Everybody makes little choices that just end up weaving you into a place that most other people wouldn't end up, you know, because of your specific decisions. And I think because it's my parents or you know, whenever you come to a consciousness of your parents, they probably have had a job or they might not have had a job. They're in the situation at which you are old enough to understand the world around you. And so I never – that point forward is what I kind of understood and cared about and never understood how they got to that point hmm. or never really knew how. Or like you just remember the first house you lived in. Right. Never knew how they got there. Never knew how any of that stuff actually happened. The circumstances in which you kind of came to be. And I don't know. I never really thought about it until my mom passed away. And then, like, our kids were born. And I can trace back all those things for them. And maybe it's now I see it in my oldest son where he's starting to ask questions. Hmm. And he's starting to wonder, like, how things came about. And so I can tell him. I'm like, well, I don't even know those answers for myself. Huh. But like the place I was born was on an old Air Force base that's been decommissioned and it's all it's garbage now. Like it's a it's in Illinois and it's one of those like urban exploration places. There's like all the dilapidated buildings with like the trees growing inside. Oh, really? Like that's the the hospital where I was born. It's one of these like the places where the ghost hunters go and like they make <laughs> people stay overnight and they like bang on the walls and they win money. But it was just kind of neat. Huh. Um, you know, we were going over Google Earth one day and he was just like tracing me back to you know i went here and then we went here and this was the first house your mom and i had and it was half condemned and like in the winter time the floor froze over and then we moved to this place and then at a certain point in this whole like i was here i was here i was here i was here these like i said those little tiny steps is when my understanding and my memory kicked in oh yeah and so it was hmm. super i don't want to say strange but like it was kind of strange they're like, oh, yeah, the world definitely existed before I remember my world existing. Yeah. I just thought it happened far 
later, like that history was like so far back because they're my parents, like they're older than me. So that everything was like history. History. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you, that wasn't that far. And my mom and dad's path mirrored Tiffany and I's path quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And so there were a lot of similarities and I did things I didn't know. Like when he joined the Air Force, they sent him to Illinois. Uh, My mom and my soon to be brother like stayed back where they were from. And he's like, and they gave me a house and I didn't have anything to put in my house. So there's a thing on a lot of military bases called the lending locker where you go in and they're like, oh, what do you need? We'll let you have it for a certain amount of time and then you give it back. He's like, so I got a couch and I got some pots and I got a stuff from the lending locker because I didn't own anything. I was like, that's literally what happened with Tiffany. I remember you talking about that one time. You went and bought like furniture. I didn't buy any. Well, I bought a single entertainment center Hmm. with nothing in it. But I didn't remember the lending locker until he had said that because I remember I showed up. I was 19 or 20. And they're like, okay, here's the keys to your house. And I'm like, I don't have anything stuff like i have literally nothing and they're like oh we'll go next door and i'll try to help you get some stuff and they gave me Hmm. i could pick it was kind of like a a goodwill but with like stuff it was pretty much goodwill (laughs) it was old stuff and i had a clothing basket and i remember i'm like well i need a pot i need a fork (laughs) uh i need what else did i get a sleeping bag no i had a sleeping bag from the army a lamp, that's what it was, a lamp. So I had like a couple pots, a plate or two, hmm. a fork, and a lamp. Because in the base housing we lived in in Louisiana, the light switches didn't control actual light fixtures. Uh, they controlled the outlets. Plug, yeah. And my dad was like, that's exactly what happened in our house. <laughs> He's like, so I got my lamp. And it was like I could then super relate to like my experience. And then my skinny Air Force dad, both of us in different times in the world, holding this stupid loner lamp. It could have been the same lamp. Oh my, It probably was, honestly. <laughs> Like walking in those same steps, and That's I funny. didn't even know it. And yeah, it was just—it was very interesting, and I don't know. It, it made me happy. Even if you hear stories about your parents um, in their younger part of your life, at least for me, it's always been super hard to just imagine that. You know, because mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm the youngest of three, and my sister, the second one, is five years older than me. So there's a significant amount of their married life. And their parenting life that happened before I was anywhere. Yep. And it's just, it's weird to, th- to try to imagine my family with two kids or one kid or, you know, any of the, the pre-me stuff. I just don't have a context for it. Where it's is- also pretty cool. I'm going to dump, I, I dumped the wrong bag. <gasps> I somehow jumped answer. ahead and got number 11 instead of number 7. So I'm going to put these back in this bag. But to speak to that point, there is really a painting- loud. Somewhere, I don't remember where this painting is. Uh-huh. Is it up? It might be upstairs in your living room oh, that your grandfather yeah. painted, but he only painted your brother and your sister. And when you were born, he had to go and add you. Yeah, it's us like around a little well or a river or something. There's a couple of them actually, I think. Um, but yeah, he added me in. Oh no! Oh man! Dang it! Dropping pieces. Well, in the like sitting around telling silly stories conversation that we had a couple times. Uh, it's funny the way that we analyze the same situation. And he's like, you remember that time when you blank? And I'm like, no. I'm like, do you remember the time when you did this? He goes, no. And it turns <laughs> out I mean, it was like the same instance. No, oh, really? Stuff that like I find <laughs> as one of those like watershed moments in my life that, you know, not good or bad, but like I will remember this Memorable. moment. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
I'm like, you were there. Like, you did it. He's like, nah, that doesn't sound like something I did. And then he would say something. I'm like, what? I'm like, that that didn't happen. He's like, it absolutely happened. Hmm. And so it's really funny when we had, like, our individual stories and the overlaps. And then looking at the exact same instance and having no recollection of the other person's perspective. Huh. Give an example of one of those? Yeah. So my mom was pregnant with my little sister. So I was seven. So I was in, what, like the first or second grade? I was that age. And I remember we were at, uh, have you ever been to a Po Folks? Oh, yeah, man. We used to have a Po Folks here. I forgot about that place. So there's a restaurant for all you non-Southerners called Po Folks, which is an abbreviation for (laughs) Poor Folks. Totally forgot about that. So we were at the Po Folks, which is just like a country food kind of restaurant. And my mom thought she was going into labor. And my grandparents just happened to be visiting her, her mom and stepdad. Or no, her, I'm sorry, her dad and stepmom. And so it's like, oh, oh man, okay. So my dad and my mom leave. And I was left there with like my grandparents. So I'm like, so what do we do? And they're like, I don't know, finish your dinner. And so we walk out and like, they don't, they're not from there. They don't know where to go. And I'm like, how are we going to get home? And they're like, well, we'll just call a cab. I'm like, call a cab? I'm like, we don't have cabs here. Like, this isn't New York City, like the movies. And I remember I was so mad that they, like, abandoned us to go have a baby. <laughs> how dare I'm you? like, how dare you just leave me here with these semi-strangers? At poo folks. And we had to take a cab. And I remember, like, the one cab company in town was, like, the garbage car. Absolute garbage car. And I'm like, I will never forgive you for having a baby and leaving me at the Poe folks. And he just laughed. And he was like, are you kidding me? I was like, yeah, I was super mad at you. And it turned out like she wasn't. And they were just at home watching a movie. And I remember walking in the front door and they're just like, oh, hey, I'm like, what are you doing here without a baby? I was like, this is the one thing that I can possibly forgive you for leaving us at the Poe folks. And it didn't even happen. You're here you know, watching Family Matters or Laverne and Shirley, or I don't know what they were watching, but <laughs> I remember I felt slighted as a seven-year-old. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. But one of the houses that we found on Google Maps, so we moved from Illinois to this house in Georgia, and that's the first house like I kind of remember. Like if I have like flex of a memory, I could, I tried to explain myself, and then we found it, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's this like, it was a house that backed up to like a big kind of square yard courtyard that was shared by like a bunch of other houses. Mm -hmm. And he was like, do you remember the kid across the courtyard? Like, no. He's like, you tell me you don't remember that kid. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like every day. Cause I wasn't in school at the time. I was three or maybe four before we moved from that house. He was like, you would go play outside and the kid across the courtyard would go play outside and you guys would see each other and you'd run to the middle of the courtyard and fight. He was like, it It was just so weird. And when he was saying that, I'm like, maybe that's why I have that thought. They're like, when two the baby babies thing. are in the same spot, they want to fight. I'm like, I don't know. But I was like, no, I don't remember that. He was like, we had to like have a conversation with the other parents about this thing. Like, it was a big deal that you guys would just fight. Like, hit each other with sticks and stuff that was in this courtyard. It was crazy. I don't remember any of that. Weird. I mean, I don't think I should have been able to remember any of that. Just those goofy little parent moments that hmm. I'm trying to pay more attention to now with my kids so that whenever we inevitably have a similar situation, I can have like, do you remember that time you did this thing? 
Or I can just make them up because they're not going to remember. Oh, yeah, that'd be more fun. I mean, maybe he was making it up. Possibly. I don't know. (laughs) Big liar. (laughs) But so much of what we do now is documented. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. For good or for worse, like our kids, I think, will have more access to us and their past than, I mean, I have like photo albums, but without context or like pointing out or labeling who these people are. They're just these weird kind of figments from my past that I don't really know who these people are. Yeah. But Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, like all the videos that we've done, all these podcasts that we're doing, all this stuff theoretically will be there. Whether it'll be worth, you know, them taking the time to listen through or anything like that, um, it it will be there for them, which is kind of cool. We just have to be nice about them. Well, I... (laughs) I wonder if they're going, because, hmm. I mean, we've talked about them on this show. We've talked about our decision-making as a parent. We've talked about our motivations as a parent. And I'm now, what, 35, talking to my dad about those exact things hmm. that I never talked about or never really needed as a kid. And, I mean, I, w- I could always call my dad on the phone. But, like I said, I mean, my, my mom was a more predominant figure than my dad was. And so whenever I have a question about a lot of things— I lean toward wanting to ask my mom and not being able to. Hmm. And so it's not like a default have to talk to my dad, but because he was gone so long or he was gone a lot of times, he was like, well, I, I don't remember your mom did that. Oh, right. But hmm. it was kind of neat this whole trip to go like, oh, he remembers a whole lot more than I gave him credit for. Hmm. That it is was, cool. Yeah. It was nice. Well, cool. Um, anything? I don't want to cut you off on that. No. Anything else about their trip or his trip, mm. I guess. We went back to that speakeasy. Hmm. The one that inspired the door for the secret room. It was very cool. There's a secret kind of bar thing in Louisville that when we did the secret office in my room or my house, the wardrobe thing, that's where we got the idea. And I went to book reservations, which I did the first time when my wife and I went. And it's just, oh, you reserve a little spot for two people. And when I did it, I had to pay. I'm like, well, that's weird. I'm like, why am I having to pay to make a reservation for three people? I'm like, well, whatever. And so we went out to dinner, this really awesome restaurant. And I called up to people. I'm like, can I move my reservation up? Because we're done kind of earlier than we thought we were going to be. And we're in town. She's like, oh, well, you reserved the whatever room. So you can come whenever you want to. I'm like, I I did what? (laughs) Like, I didn't mean to reserve a room. She's like, oh, yeah, you got this whole room to yourself. And it is the room that's inside that secret wardrobe. So last time you had the same space, you just didn't pay for it. No, we had the space right outside. Oh. It was like these two little chairs kind of in between two bookable rooms. And we saw it, and the lady, like, showed it off, but we weren't inside there. I gotcha. I always thought you had gone into it. Nah. Okay. Uh, so we figured out we had this room, and it was Tiff's idea to just, uh, like, do something. So after dinner, we went to Target, and we got uh, Exploding Kittens, and we played Exploding Kittens in our fancy booked room inside the speakeasy. <laughs> it was a nice little moment. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, we got a new game, speaking of Exploding Kittens, we got a new game from those people mm-hmm. yesterday called Throw Throw Burrito. I saw the burrito thing. <clears throat> and apparently it's like a card game with a burrito dodgeball component. Interesting. Yeah, we haven't played it yet. Uh, so yesterday we were at Target uh, killing some time and... Saw that. It was on sale. I, I like their games a lot, so I figured that'd be fun for the kids. Pick that one up. And then also, we're standing at the game aisle, and 
<clears throat> I'm looking at all these different games, and my oldest walks over and sees Dungeons and Dragons, and he was like, "Oh man, I'd really like to play Dungeons and Dragons." And I'm like, "Wait, what? Where, where'd this come from?" Because I have wanted to try that game for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. but I don't know anybody that would want to sit down and learn that with me, especially my kids. I just didn't think they'd be interested. And so I said, well, do you know what it is? And he was like, well, not really, but it just looks interesting. And I said, well, let me explain it as best I understand it. So I kind of explained it. And he was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm like, done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so part of yesterday, I just had some free time um, and tried to take advantage of it. And I took the instruction book, which is a pretty hefty book, and went and sat on the back porch and read. And then just about fell asleep because it's a lot. But... <laughs> I think I got through understanding the idea of it. And it's a little different than what I expected, but I think I understand the idea, the general play, and a few of the actual rules. But depending on like who you are and how you play it, there's a lot of potential rules. So hmm. I think it'll be a big learning process. But then we were sitting down last night when everybody got home, and um, I was talking to my two oldest, and I said, you know, like, hey, I got this game today here's kind of what you do. You create your own character and you can give it all these powers and decide what it's called and what it looks like and this and that. And they get like perked up. They were like, ooh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So after explaining it all, I asked them if they'd be interested in at least starting like taking one night, maybe after the younger ones go to bed and just being like figuring out their characters, kind of creating the first, that's the first step. And um, yeah, they were like, Totally into it. So cool. we'll see if, if we actually do that. I think the winter time will be a good time to do that because they can't play outside as much yeah. when the sun goes down. It's just too cold. And soccer's almost over, so we'll actually have evenings again. So we'll see. But I'm kind of excited about it. I've always wanted to play D&D, but it was a weird stigma. And it was the yeah. same thing. Like, I, did, I didn't know anybody who did it. And it was one of those secret things. Like, yeah. I kind of want to play, yeah. too. But everybody gets made fun of for doing it. Do you want to make a character, then? I kind of do. Okay. Let's do We're it. doing it? Yeah, let's do it. We can have a D&D day. Anybody else want to play D&D? Anthony, Anyone? you want to play D&D? Oh, nice. Anthony's okay. hands raised. All right, cool. Forby. Forby. We're going to make you a character. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it up for you. Your name is now Linda. <laughs> and you're a mage. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it I is think. a thing. I don't know what a thing, what it is exactly, but the book is, and this is like the essentials kit. So it's not everything that I think you can do, but um, it's... It's a lot. But it also seems pretty well documented. So they walk you through each piece, you know, help you understand the parts that you need to understand right then. And ultimately, it all comes down to the dungeon master is the storyteller, the person who's moving the whole thing along, and they're really in charge. So if they decide they want to change your rule or skip something or make something up, like, that's just their job. (laughs) So I guess you could play as close to the rules as you wanted to, and you could also just kind of, like, wing it. But it really does sound, at least from their description, and all the people who are out there who have played are like, yes, this it's this thing, it's not this. It's what. But as far as I understand it, it's really like a story. It's a collaborative adventure story. And everybody, including the Dungeon Master, is working together to have fun. So it sounds pretty I'm awesome. all about it. Yeah. What's your character going to be? Name. Hmm. Just name. First thing comes to mind. Gwildor's already taken, but I kind of like Gwildor. You could change it just a little bit. Hmm. Dwarf. Little <laughs> dwarf. Hmm. Think on it. What's your name? I don't know. I, I want to be a dungeon master. That's I'm more interested in doing that than anything else, I think. 
Because hmm. I think it would be fun to, because that their job is to creatively describe the situation and then describe all of the stuff in the story to the people. So I think it would be fun to kind of improvise a lot of, not all of it, but improvise a lot of the details and the, the drama around what's actually happening. That sounds fun. So I want to do that. Maybe I'll make a character too. But Is there a world name? No, like on World of Warcraft, like they exist in like a world. Well, there's campaigns. So you basically can create your own or you can get one of the prepackaged ones that's like a place with some stuff. Place with stuff. <laughs> Got it. And with the, people. the DM's job, I think, is to just like embellish on all that and describe to the people like this is the place we're in. It has these things. What do you want to do? And then they make a choice. And then they, based on that choice, it's like, on the other side of that door, there's this, and there's a pit, and there's a monster. What do you want to do? Hmm. And so I think there's a loose structure to the place of that particular campaign, but you know, you can have a campaign that is that moves from place to place, or is in a single room, or is uh, there's just, I think it's like endless creativity. Is so there... I assume that these same the same gameplay would apply to like you could do it in space, yeah, with different character types and stuff. I assume. I mean, then we're making movies at that point. Yeah. Hmm. Is there a race of character hmm. that is a sarcastic know-it-all <laughs> that can weasel his way out of the situation uh, with sleight of tongue or MacGyver-like skills? Probably. I mean, because there's... I will be that guy. So there's... His name will be Brian. Brian. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So there's race. The, your character has a race and a... Somebody's screaming it right now. I can hear them, but I can't tell what they're saying. It's a type... Maybe. I don't know. So you have like, I'm a like dwarf. A skill set? But then I'm a thief. Or I'm a human and I'm a thief. Hmm. Or I'm a dwarf and I'm a mage. Or that type of thing. Okay. And so the the race has, you know, you're tall, you're short, you're fast, you're whatever. And then the job or the title or the whatever other thing is, I think that's where I fell asleep, has <laughs> skills. The most and, important part is the... <laughs> They have skills and weapons and powers and stuff like that. So you can create a custom character between combining those two things. And then you decide, like, what's my character afraid of? What does my character like to eat? You define, you really create a character. You can tell, like, how it looks and stuff. And all that plays into the dungeon master telling a story about these people. Hmm. So if they know that everybody, those three people are afraid of fish, then you can be like, okay, a giant fish comes around the corner. That type of stuff. So. Hmm. I'm going to save that giant fish idea because I think that's a winner. Anyway, it sounds fun. I'm looking forward to trying it I'm out. I'm on board. I want to try. So we'll do, uh, maybe we do, maybe we do that. We do a grown-up character building one night, and then once I kind of figure that out with mm-hmm. us, then I go back and do it with the kids so I can direct it a little bit more. Is there a fail-safe to prevent the, like, I'm a genie with all-powerful <laughs> powers, not afraid of anything, it's well, my you, special power. You have to pick one of the preset things okay so and you can't have, have some stupid loophole character who was like i mean maybe i'm but double x super health none of your weapons work <laughs> well so everything there's also a level so every character starts at level one or level zero okay. or whatever and so you basically start everybody starts with the most base whatever got it and even a wizard is like a junior wizard you're a sucky wizard yeah and then and that's as your you, microtransactions that you like put in <laughs> put in the game board. Yeah, you give the DM dollar bills and no. You as you 
defeat things and pass trials and this and that, your level goes mm. up. And so, you know, if you keep the same character, is that for standardized a while, or does the dungeon master decide? Uh, no, I think it's standardized. Okay. I think. Okay. But I'm not. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty unclear about the specifics of all this. Anyway, it's interesting, and I'm sure there are people listening who have done this way more. Hopefully, if not, you are listening to this, <laughs> we've not made you. Please angry. <laughs> reach out to us and tell us how awesome Dungeons and Dragons is, because I've never heard anybody who's actually played the game say that it's bad. That is true. I have not either. Yeah, yeah that the, the stigma with that game is from outside naysayers who just think it's like a dorky game. But welcome to 2019. Uh, stuff is dorky. No one watches. No one cares about football anymore. People want to watch Star Wars. Like it's a backwards <laughs> world where Dungeons and Dragons is great. So tell us how awesome it is, and if you could write me personally and tell me the way that I could have the genie with all the wishes. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be the DM man. I will take your smite on my decisions. Right. I think I'm going to open this door. The door exploded in your face. <laughs> That's an what anti-genie do do? door. What do you do? Speaking of Star Wars and football, did you do that on purpose? You're welcome. Tonight is Monday Night Football, and during the football game, they're going to show the full trailer for Star Wars. Mm. And I am You're gonna turn inordinately in to watch a excited. Match? No, no, oh, okay. no, I'm going to wait till it goes online. But I am probably more excited about that than it should be. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know why. Is the Emperor going to show it? I think so. I'm Can pretty... I be the Emperor in Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah, I mean, that could be your name. Ooh, hold on. Okay. What if we have a hat where we put <laughs> characters from different <laughs> films, and you reach it on one of the games. This is like as, we're, as okay. we have played a time or two. Okay. Then your character has to be based on the attributes of that character. Whoa. So you have to operate hmm. within the confines of that predisposed character's qualities. It, might, it may be hard to translate the interaction. Oops, I dropped my thing. Um, to translate the interactions of an outside character to, like, because like if you go to, I think you're if like you today to, you're playing as Forrest Gump. Right, but Forrest Gump doesn't have like magical powers or yeah. you know you, you don't have predefined. He has running mm. skill of 80,000. Right. He has whatever, ping pong of 99. He's not afraid of anything. That's true. No fear. Yeah. Math skills, two. Maybe. I don't know. He's good at math <laughs> or not. It might be hard to like just inject a character without all of that associated information. Got it. We'll figure it out. I'm sure someone will let us know. That'd be cool. I totally played D&D as Forrest Gump. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's how I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Star Wars, I do think they're going to show Palpatine in the trailer, I think, mm -hmm. because I think they really want to wrap people in just a glimpse, just a little like, you know, last shot of the darkness sliding across his face or something like that. Like, his horribly scarred face? Or young and unmessed up face. Ooh. I don't Maybe know. Maybe he spent the whole 30 years like working on his complexion. Yeah. He's been using going some Rodan eye cream. <laughs> That's probably what it was. I was just going to try to get everybody to be consulted. <laughs> <laughs> Have uh, you tried the eye uplifter? It's great. <laughs> That's probably what happens. I Thanks figured, for ruining the movie it out. for me. <laughs> um, so I do think Han it's Solo. He was a cool guy. <laughs> I do think it's going to be cool, though. I'm excited about the trailer. And I'm also excited because uh, Mandalorian starts 
pretty soon. In it like does. two weeks. I was thinking about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we talk about on here how they're going to leak out the, the not leak out. They're going to slow drip. They're slow drip. The, which I guess is leaking, depending mm, yeah, on the problem that you have. If it was intentional. So they're going to be putting out the episodes every week. Right, right. And I was thinking, well, that'll probably line up so that you can get through all of them right before Rise of Skywalker comes out. It does not. I hope not. But it goes up nine episodes. Then the next week comes out, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker comes out. And then the week after that, there's the final episode of The Mandalorian. Does that seem odd to you? Mm. Like they're going to be intertwined somehow? I don't know. I mean, the time scale's totally out of, uh, maybe. I don't know. <gasps> the Mandalorian. <gasps> oh, Mandalorian is, <laughs> is on the his, emperor. He's on his boat <laughs> fishing. Through the, the rough waves, and they're like, oh no, it's rough seas. And then he like boom, like boom. runs into the side of the Death Star, <laughs> goes into the Death Star, sees this old frail man, like, oh, I know I'm a mercenary and an assassin, but this old frail man needs my help. And he's like, I will pay you lots of money to help me. And so he does. Okay. And he's like, Ha! Ah, thank you, jokes on you. And then he goes and ruins everything. Hmm. That seems like that would be kind of hard to jam into the last episode. But maybe you might be right. And then the Mandalorian <laughs> takes his helmet off and goes, dang it. <laughs> Come on, man. You know that the uh, Emperor's name is Sheev? Did you know I that? did not know that. His first name is Sheev. <laughs> I just think it's weird. It kind of knocks him down Scuba a little Sheev, bit. Scuba Sheev? Because he's on the, the Scuba, water planet? Scuba Sheev. But that's what he's been doing when he's spare time. He thinks you the crazy eyes. <laughs> No, it, uh, yeah, I was listening to this other Star Wars podcast, and they always call him Sheev, and that's it, his first name, Sheev Palpatine. Hmm. I don't know, it's just kind of weird. But, anyway, I think, a lot. I think that there's something to that little week skip, because it would make a lot more sense to me, not knowing what their plan is, to get all of the Mandalorian stuff out of the way so that it is out of the spotlight before the final saga movie comes out. Because I feel like they're dumping, like, everything into that movie, not talking about anything else future-wise until that is done. And so it seems weird to have, like, an extra... Are they transitioning? I don't think they're transitioning, but I think they're just really trying to keep all the focus on that. Because it's the last one, because it's, you know, probably the last time we'll see a lot of the characters and a lot of the stuff. I, I just... I think they're holding back a lot of information. So after Rise of Skywalker is out, they'll probably talk more about future movie plans and all that stuff. So it seems weird that there's like one episode of this new show after. Because like, I don't know. Where does Mandalorian fall on the timeline? It's like six years after Jedi. Hmm. So it's way before all of the new movies, new trilogy stuff. Maybe there's a little piece of information in there that... Would make would be cooler or make sense after you see the emperor and he finds the lightsaber, sells it to Maz, drops it accidentally. <laughs> Whoops! Because Mandalorians are known for their whoopsies. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird, but mm. could be nothing. I'm not really sure. What are we at? Forty eight minutes. I have a story. Okay, go. Okay, so uh, thank you to everybody for their encouraging words about CrossFit. But CrossFit sucks. So I'm, I'm done with CrossFit, but not done with exercise. Good. I asked myself, why do I hate going to CrossFit so stinking much? I said, self. 
Yeah. It's time to reflect. <laughs> Come on, self. Yeah. Let's reflect. Go ahead. Take a break. So I love to swim, and we have a swimming kind of gym, like a fitness club that has a big pool. I'm like, why don't you just go there and go swimming and go do all of that stuff that I kind of enjoyed about, this is not fitting, about CrossFit, but not so much that, like, I hate myself for going to CrossFit because I suck at everything. So going to that gym now, I go swim uh, almost a mile every morning and some other stuff. I did yoga today for the first time in a long time, which was interesting. Do they have yogurt? Because that'd be awesome. Like, if I had a yoga place, I would totally have yogurt, so you could just go have some yogurt and yogurt at the same time. Sorry, I'm derailing your story. Go ahead. Well, now you made me think about yogurt. It'd be good, right? Well, they there's a, and I'm not trying to demean anybody's love of yoga, but the lady, she's like, let me read this little thing first. And she's like, about your mind and how you feel with your spirit and your body and your body's part of your spirit mind. I'm like, yo, just get to like the super stretching. Let's just do that. But swam this morning, did mm-hmm. yoga this morning because you're doing the podcast. Um. Have you been to many gyms? No. Okay. You know me, right? Anthony, have you been to many gyms? Like a gym? Okay. I used to go to the YMCA. The YMCA. Perfect, right? Um, I really hope this is generational. But at the gym, air quotes, put in whatever establishment listener that you think, there's an abundance of naked old men in a locker room. Hmm. Like flavor. Like they don't care. Super walking around, butt naked. Would I mean, okay, go ahead. It's completely okay. They're having conversations. But naked. <laughs> Not a large room, right? There's lockers everywhere. There's two lockers stacked on top. So if you happen to have, and today this happened. So there's a lot of awkwardness today at the gym. I had my locker open and there was a locker that's directly beneath mine that was open. And his was already open. And so I was pulling my stuff out and getting changed to go to yoga, from taking off my wet sweatsuit. Homeboy comes out, super naked. Super. There is like, a limit to nakedness. Like was you, like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to have this thing open. Like, full frontal, standing there staring at me. I'm like, nah, it's good. He's like, oh, you know, because I, I paid for a locker because I don't want to take stuff to and from the house. He's like, oh, well, you got this locker. I should just move my stuff out of the way. I'm like, honestly, please, God, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, did you go swimming? I'm like, I, I, I really don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but I'm trying to be nice, and I'm trying to stare at the floor. So... Whatever, I skirt out of that naked old man situation. And I go to yoga. I come back. I go take a shower. Uh, the shower at the gym has like eight stalls and they have little half walls. Hmm. And so I'm the only person in there. I'm taking a shower so I can come to work. And in hobbles, and I guess they must, that particular time, because usually I go way earlier, the like water aerobics class must have just let out. Because this guy, I'm not joking you, looks like Tim Burton's um, penguin. Looks like Danny DeVito <laughs> comes into the shower thing and then gets into the stall right next to me. And there's other not one available. of the other eight. Okay. All of them are completely empty right next to me and just like hunches over and just starts making these horrible noises. I don't know what he's doing and I don't want to look. He's like, I can see the, the crest of his hairy back over the little half a wall and he's making these grunty noises. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. I don't know what's happening. Please don't talk to me. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm very exposed. So I'm like, just focus on what you're doing. Wash your hair and run away. And so I'm washing my hair. And then I hear like this crowd. And then what? Six, six other naked old dudes pile into the shower, having themselves a loud talking conversation. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a nightmare. I I don't want to be where I am. So I like shut the water off, 
I grab my little shampoo thingy and I go to leave. And because it's it's a it's a rectangular room, the stalls are facing the wall, so there's a little corridor walkway in the middle. I go to leave and I like try to cover myself up a little bit with my shorts that I brought in with me because I'm a millennial and I have apparently some self restraint. The guy who looks like the penguin steps out of his thing, still hunched half over, butt naked. <laughs> like a like the boulder in, in uh, Lost Ark, blocking the way. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trapped. I'm literally trapped in this shower stall surrounded by naked old men, and I can't go anywhere, and I have no clothes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to leave. I'm like, I don't want to do this anyway. And he's like shuffling, super shuffling hunched over and I can't like avert my gaze anywhere. And then he just stops at like the opening of the shower, like this immovable thing. I'm like, excuse me, like go. And so he, my towel is hanging up. So then he turns and like puts his body on my towel to move out of the way. And I'm like, God, no. And he's like, are you needing something over here? I'm like, that's my towel. He's like, oh, okay. And then he hands it to me. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> a, a man should not receive anything else, like, handed to him or otherwise from another naked man. I, I agree with that. He 100%. didn't touch it with his parts, but, like, Ugh, nope, ew. Ew. And I ran out, and I, like, I got dressed. <laughs> Started screaming. Soaking wet. <laughs> and just like, no, no, no. This is not... Appropriate, and I hear them in there. They're laughing and chatting it up and having a good old time. Hey, man, maybe you should just relax. Maybe I should, <laughs> but I could not. I absolutely could not. I'm like, <sighs> you gotta get has, to know those guys. No, <laughs> disagree. <laughs> and, like, is this generational? Is this something that's just gonna weed itself out? Because I remember watching old TV shows like The Wonder Years, and like they had to like go to the hit the showers, you guys, and like. We never took showers at our school. I don't know if you guys have the experience where kids took showers in high school or middle school. I, I think everybody avoided it if right. that was a thing. So yeah. there is a level of discretion or just shame that will eventually generationally hopefully work itself out where the locker room will not be filled with huge, naked old men. I mean, depending on how you look at that, I don't know which one is the, the thing that should be weeded out. I get it. I wouldn't want to be in there, I'm, so I'm with you. Ooh. But, like... They obviously don't care, and they're not okay. in the least right. But they're okay with that. They were and, happy, and they're fine. So maybe that's being less uptight than we would be. I don't know. Probably. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Nope, disagree. <laughs> I mean, for everybody involved. We'll crack. Okay. When you start, to, no, hang on. Mm-hmm. If you start to mix those two groups of people who are okay with it, not okay. That's that's the problem. That's where everybody, some people, become uncomfortable. But if it's like all this or all that, then. Everybody's fine. I don't know. So there's a sauna in the in the locker room too, and it says "Don't be naked in the, the sauna." I think it says like "Keep your jewels in the bag" or something silly underneath <laughs> it. So the gym is trying to impose a level of prudence. Oh, okay. That these guys. I mean, there's no sign. You got to be naked. You're in the shower, <laughs> and apparently you just wander around the room. But I don't know if this is – I know it's it's commonplace. Because I remember I used to go to a public pool when I was a kid and being like, ew, yucky, that's a naked man. And then that generation has just gotten older. Yeah. And just been completely okay with it. And I understand it's a locker room. I understand it's a shower. You shouldn't go into a shower with like a wool coat on. 
but I'm, I have to learn what class got out at that particular time and avoid it at all costs. <laughs> or I'm just going to come to work smelling like chlorine dripping wet. <laughs> uh, man, that, oh. Well, that sounds I know like people that have like claustrophobia, and I want to know if there is some other kind of published phobia. Nakophobia? Of naked elderly geriatric naked phobia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was the most uncomfortable I have been in a uh, very long time. Hmm. Well, Ooh. that's fun. I, I sure I'm going to see that guy around town. The the penguin, the Danny DeVito looking guy. I'm going to have to see that guy around town. I'm sure of it, and I'm not going to be able to unsee what I have seen. <laughs> I'm just going to have to leave wherever <laughs> I am. Run away. Well, Tiff, looks like we got to move. Time to go. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, on the Naked Penguin Man. note, let's wrap this one up, I guess. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, everywhere on the internet at Josh underscore make stuff. Cool. You can find me and us at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. And uh, I guess we'll record again later on in the week. Oh, probably. We can talk about the Star Wars trailer. There we go. I guess by the time they hear this, it will already be out. Hopefully. Whatever. We'll talk about it later. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.